Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, it's the friend zone. Well, Tim and Guy come to the friend zone. And have a good time. Yes, it's the friend zone. With Tim and Guy, cause making friends is the best idea of all time. And we're off to the races. Together. What, what's happening to the races? Uh, well, it's, the free, it's actually the friend zone. We've got the friend zone coming in hot around the track. He's in second place. First place is the crowd favourite, Hemp Hat. Hemp Hat taking the lead. He's stumbling. He's falling. <laughs> The horse has broken his legs. It is a horrible scene, knowing what we know about professional horses with broken legs. Oh, the humanity. They get turned into dog tucker. Mm. Horrible note to start the episode. <laughs> Should we go again? It's just the... No, it's the nature of things, isn't it? What? You break a leg, you become food for something. No. It's just the circle of life, baby. Largely, it's if like you what? break a leg, we'll, nurse, we, we'll try to nurse the leg back to health. It's the circle of life. Uh, you become food for something else. Tim Bat here. Kia ora. How are you, Tim? Very good, thank you. Yeah? I'm in another loud shirt. I'm here in New York City with my boy Guy Montgomery. Where are we? We're in your apartment. Yeah? Mm-hmm. We're at the table? Yes. We're looking at each other? That we are. Uh, and when we're not looking at each other, we're looking at reams of uh, mail from our friends. Yeah. Have we... We haven't done an episode since I've been here, eh? We do. I'm uh, not a friend zone, no. But on arrival, I don't know if you remember. Oh, the right at a right. That's right. I had to kind you of walked, block that out. You yes. walked right into the recording studio. It was two days ago, I think. Three days ago. Yeah. And what a time it's been. Have you had a, a nice time in New York City so far? Love New York City. I think this is the first time I've been here in the summer. And what, uh, what do you make of that? It's beautiful, man. Especially coming from the Southern Hemisphere where it's quite cold at the moment. Yes. It's a welcome reprieve from those cold, damp. Days. And for those of you playing along, today is uh, Sunday, the 23rd of June, which means if you're listening in New York and you think, oh, this is nice, I'd like to hear these guys again today. Yeah. You can. Yes. At uh, Littlefield at 7.30 p.m. this evening. We'll be doing our New York City live show, followed by a trip to Chicago tomorrow night, Portland later in the week, and Los Angeles next weekend. LittleEmpirePodcasts.com forward slash live. Uh, and speaking of live, we've got a live one right here, Tim. Hey, Frosty fellas, thanks for another great show. This is from the 14th of April. Okay. <laughs> Two questions for you. One. Hold on, what show was that? I think we're in, Melbourne, we're in Melbourne, Australia. Oh, yep, 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 yep. 
Uh, due to being unorganized, I wasn't able to bring a special something that will enhance your next viewing. Am I able to drop it to you somewhere this week whilst you're still together in Melbourne? Two, I was sitting next to a guy who's just moved to Melbourne and was going to say to him to come with us to Guy's show next Friday and make some new friends, but lost track of him at the end. As Tim said, you have everyone's email addresses, so I was wondering if you could do a call out and put us in touch. Always amazing to have you guys in Melbourne. Amy. Amy, thank you so much for all of this correspondence, which is... um, I'm not going to say not relevant yeah, anymore, but it's not quite. Very, it's the difficult term. to action. It's anachronistic, and uh, we wear that entirely. That has nothing to do with <laughs> you. That is wholly our responsibility. Thanks for coming to the show, and thank you for wanting one to provide us with something, and two to uh, make a friend and bring them to my show. Alas, maybe next time. I hope it happened somehow. Maybe you both independently did end up going. Yeah, who's to say? This is a message from Brian. Brian says, Dear Legs Akimbo and Seamont Bleeding Gums, the expression you boys were looking for was, quote, Never judge an orgy without knowing its origin story. Love, Bri Bri. Now, I cannot recall what that's in reference to, but this message was sent on the 26th of March. Wow. Uh... Can you think back to the 26th of March, Guy? I can't, and I would say that more likely to provide some sort of mental prompt would be the turn of phrase. Never judge an orgy without knowing its origin story. Mm. We're probably fumbling around some sort of uh, cliche about books and covers. Could well be. Whereas his, you know, Romans were much more interested in group sex than literature. Really? Um, presumably. What do you think? If you were part of the Roman Empire, would you spend all of your time reading books? Or I think, if there was quite a lot of uh, exciting noises happening next door, would you go and say, hey, what's it, all this? It sounds like the Romans had a healthy mix of both, doesn't it? Because they built a lot of cool things, the Colosseum, etc. And you don't get to make cool stuff like that by just having sex all the time. You've got to write and read books. To build things? Yeah. No, Stuff you like a Colosseum. You need to write or read a book to build the Colosseum. You just wing it? Well, no. There needs to be someone who's doing that, writing and reading. But not everyone has to. A lot of people can just follow instructions. I guess so. I think you need quite a few people to make sure the thing's going to work, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't even begin to think of how to build the Colosseum today. I wouldn't know where to start with that kind of a project. Probably one brick at a time. Is I guess so. a brick? No, I don't think so. One slab of concrete. Drew writes, Good Lord, gentlemen. I've just watched Sex in the City 2 with my wife, fully knowing that it is a shit movie. Oh, have I been warned not to watch. You have my greatest sympathy. Outside the wonderful revelation of seeing Coffee Guy in the flesh, it must be the worst thing I've ever been subjected to. The rage I felt deep in my soul at moments of this movie, such as the Lawrence of my labia line, and just about all of Carrie's narration, must be but a pale... Imitation compared to what you boys felt on repeated watches. And I cannot even begin to comprehend why you'd voluntarily subject uh, these Herculean, or to yourself to these Herculean endeavors, but I p- greatly appreciate the commitment. Good luck with season four, and may God protect your sanity as you continue. From Drew. Thank you, Drew. Uh, I was actually talking with uh, two friends yesterday about Sex in the City 2. Oh, they were, they were saying uh, that it's worse. And I was yeah. saying, yes, but it is also 
Was uh, I one of the two friends? No, you weren't. Um, it is also far enough back in my rev. No, actually, do you know what? I'm not even going to say it. It is worse. And that, I'm saying that as someone who's still watching Sex and the City repeatedly. Mm. Sex and the City 2, if I had the option this afternoon of watching either, yeah. which I guess I do, as yeah. I always do, every day I have that option, I would watch Sex and the City. One a- episode this season I watched Sex and the City 2 as a mm. sort of an experiment. And... Um, the first like scene, I was like, oh, it's nice to be somewhere else. But then after that, I was like, but well, this isn't somewhere else. This is eerily familiar. Uh, so, yeah. Thank it's you, It's a Drew. disgusting watch, Sex in the City too. Dear Shauna Paul and Timbo, or maybe just Timbo, I assume Guy's been busy working the room with his banana in the elevator story, but I do <laughs> hope he gets to read this too. <laughs> As Facebook has no doubt told you, my name is Amanda and I had the pleasure of seeing your live show tonight. I've been... I have been a long-time listener since I was a wee tween. So it was a big moment for me to be able to see you both in person today. For the listener and for Tim, we are still in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. I got that. I understand. Uh, I will see you both in person today, years later. And even have a two-second chat with guys, I bought one of your actually very good <laughs> stickers. They a are actually very good. That was how I was describing the stickers to to Amanda correctly it had me during the show as I sat there sipping my beer that in fact I owe you boys a lot for it was not too long ago that I was struggling and struggling hard with the shitstorm that is life as a teenager when I happened upon your friendly faces against the backdrop of a beautiful blue sky I don't know what precisely drew me towards the podcast but I'm fucking glad it did you boys have been a constant source of comfort to me and an escape when life gets a bit much as it often does and I must say that no other potty, except for perhaps some old school bugle, has been able to make me feel better like you do. This poorly composed word vomit probably pales in comparison to the hilarious letters you get daily, but I just wanted to share my appreciation for you two who have provided what can only be described as an audio hug to the soul and an essential service to people like me all over. You boys are my favourite Kiwis, perhaps even more than your beloved leader, and despite the fact that I'm also technically a Kiwi. I do hope the rest of your stay in Melbourne is enjoyable despite the onslaught of shit you bravely char- uh, charge further into every week. Thank you for being your good selves. Look after each other. Live every moment and love every day as best as you can when with the gals. Amanda XXPS. I brought my first time friend along tonight and I'm pleased to say she was not actually scared off despite all the knife and dog talk. <laughs> Yay? <laughs> Amanda. Then, yeah, you go. May I? Please. That was a really well-worded message, first off. I like the humility, the Antipodean self-loathing. Yeah. That all communications we get from New Zealand and Australia are kind of wrapped in. But it is beautiful. Beautiful yeah. sentiment, very well-worded. And um, I really appreciate it. And boy, does it bowl me over that we've been doing this podcast long enough that people have entered and exit various life stages while on the journey. Well, this is our fifth year. So I always... Five-year blocks, to me, represent uh, an entire high school career. Mm. So uh, we now... Yeah, I mean, or if you even look at it from zero to five, think of the developmental progress that a person makes. Do you reckon there were some zero-year-olds that have been following us along and now they've had their fifth birthday? No, although, do you know... Uh, and we take great joy and pride in this, but there are children of the worst. You know, there are... Yeah, I love that. Children who have been born possibly... I can't remember. Children like of was, the pod. There's some people who may be co- not consummated a marriage, but I feel like there have been... Uh, 
some fucking, some yeah, pod fucking. Yeah, I feel like people have had sex to this podcast. Absolutely. We've we've received more than one message. I think less than four, but more than one message um, by people who are letting have us know. Have you ever had sex to the podcast? No. Have you ever had sex to a podcast? No. Don't think so. I once had sex while a David Cross comedy album was playing in the background. How was that? Distracting. We yeah. both laughed at a joke, which suggested that we were not that involved in the sex. Right. I'd flick it off, personally. The, the, the relationship I was in at the time, it was uh, not dissimilar to that Seinfeld episode when he dates someone who is very similar to himself. And initially you think, this is incredible. And then eventually you're like, no, I don't need to, more <laughs> of this. <laughs> Amanda, thank you for reaching out. It's a beautiful message. I hope life is good. And being a teenager is hard. Let me say that for all the teenagers listening. It's the fucking hardest time in your life. Anyone who tells you it's your golden years is full of shit. Punch him in the mouth. Chris writes, Hello, you fine, crazy gentlemen. Having just finished listening to both your director's commentaries for Sex in the City, the movie, the oh, movie. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> well, anyone who's just done that isn't in a good way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I remembered something I discovered recently that might help in your search for the elusive coffee guy. We know that Tom Stratford, critically lauded for his role as coffee guy in the sequel, is listed on IMDb as Elaine's friend uncredited. Apparently in Sex in the City, Season 6, Episode 6, Hot Skip and a Jump, sorry, Hop Skip in a Week, Catherine Wolfe appears as Elaine, who as far as I can tell is an elderly member of the synagogue where Charlotte and Harry go. Is it possible that Catherine also appears in the movie, possibly at the baby shower or one of the weddings? My theory is that if you find her, you'll find Coffee Guy. Of course, there's no way that I'll watch the movie to check for myself, so it's up for you to decide if you want to go down this rabbit hole any further. Regardless of your decision, I will keep listening to uh, to the end and give you my moral, if not financial, support. Say my name, for it is Chris. Say my name, even if it isn't. Uh, do you know, we're not really given enough... And this, uh, There's a few the, people at the baby shower. I know, but Chris I, could be onto something. I know, but this is one of the... Um, while Sex and City 2 is objectively worse, we are given more time with periphery characters. Uh, the, you know, the couple at the wedding who are shocked that Big and Carrie aren't going to have children. Uh, you know, like the two characters, one of them played by Norm Lewis, who are talking to Samantha about how great she looks and they need to know mm. where she gets her work done. Like mm. people were given a glimpse into these other people's lives yeah. and that's where mythos is born and you can dive into that and enjoy yourself. Yeah. But at the wedding, we don't even get into the fucking reception because Big is too busy jilting Carrie day in, day out. At the baby shower, we don't get any exposition on any of the characters. We don't even get to see the person who put a glass down without a coaster on Carrie's new table. We just hear like, about it from their just, fucking Everyone snitch. is just in soft focus on the fringes of frame. And so that's why, you know, I love the line of research. I love the fact that you've done the work and you've, you've given us this information, but it's, ha- it's hard to find a lane because no one's names except for the main characters are getting thrown around the movie. So, it, it, you know, it could be anyone. Je suis Elaine. <laughs> I think based on the clues that Chris has left for us through his investigations, um, the most sensible course of action if we do want to pursue this is to IMDB or Google search this actress, look at her photo, see if she pops up. And then, where's Wally? Well, we are watching the movie later today, so yes. it's it's not undoable. I. Uh, 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This next one comes from a writer named Damon, who is asking us to appear on a breakfast radio show in Adelaide, South Australia. Oh, fuck. Uh, in mid-April this year. Well, so, Damon, thank <laughs> you for your correspondence, but I'm not sure we're going to pull it off. This, however, seems oh, like something juicy. else. I'm putting my microphone down. This looks girthy. Hey, Tim and Guy. Thanks again for an awesome night of comedy last Sunday night. I loved the live recording, and Guy's amazing show, and topped it off with the hilarious snort with friends. Holy heck. Uh, that is a, a full complement of Antipodean comedy during the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Uh, it was great to meet you both and say hi and to thank you for all the hours of entertainment you've provided. I was introduced to the podcast about six months ago and have been soaking up as much of your content I can find ever since. Probably my fave bit was when Guy's dad rang up on Friendzone 31 and noted that he thought there was too much swearing on the podcast. Then proceeded to say, Charlotte is saying, shut the fuck up, Stephen. To which Tim somehow managed to say, completely straight-faced, the irony is palpable. Absolute unscripted comedy gold. I'm loving the fourth season, but I'm sorry that it seems to be causing so much damage to you both. Hopefully you can find future projects to work on together which don't involve quite as much torture and mental anguish. Anyway, keep up the great work. Cheers. P.S. In the recent ep, Guy mentioned how much he likes Melbourne. Is there any chance that you'll change your mind about living in New York and do us the honour of moving to our fair city? I've never been to New York, but I hear there are a lot less Americans here. P.P.S. If by any chance you accidentally stumbled across this message and inadvertently read it in a friend zone, I would love for you to say my name. James Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Uh, so thank you so much, James. That was a wonderful message. Thank you for supporting the podcast and also the my stand-up career and also uh, improvised comedy, which is a bit of a dirty word in some comedy circles, but when done correctly is one of life's great joys. 
In some ways, I feel bad about how much flack improvisers and improvisers, improvisation, improvising gets. But in other ways, it's very easy to make fun of. But in other ways, it is totally deserved. Uh, but no, that's that's wonderful, James. Thank- Would you consider moving to Melbourne, guy? I often think that I could live in Melbourne. Melbourne, truly one of planet Earth's greatest cities. Have you considered living yeah, in Melbourne? Very, like, in-depth. My wife and I talked about it very seriously. What was the conclusion? Um, we're not going to. <laughs> I think it's just a little bit tricky because she's a doctor to, like move can you not cross credit um i don't know i can't remember exactly which systems are at a minimum you've got to do you've got to do like a kind of six monthly catch-up thing and i can't remember if that was britain or australia but um you know auckland's really cool and i feel like we've got our roots down but the question was to you vis-a-vis melbourne but i like i lived in sydney for six months and i if I could turn back the clock, I would trade that over to Melbourne. Sydney's great. I love it. But Sydney, you need quite a lot of money to have a good time. Yeah. Melbourne, well, you can be poor those and have are the, uh, Sydney and Melbourne, I would I would happily consider and expect at some point I will live in, if not both, at least one of those places. Um, for everything that is uh, wrong with Australia, which is largely the political climate. It's just the representatives. Uh, those, are, those are both fantastic cities. Um, have you got another email there, Tim? I certainly do. Tim's just disrobing his feet, everybody. It's <laughs> a weird way to say I've taken well, off my shoes. And he's socks. getting some sweet, sweet wooden floor between those toes. Scott writes. He's digging up the floor with his toes. Hello, Guybo and Tim Tim. I've been a longtime fan of the podcast and thought that in the dark days of sex in the city, you could use a pick me up for how the potty is changing lives. I'm a public school high school teacher in Chicago. Oh my gosh. And have used the worst idea of all time to help inspire students. Having students find a shining light in their reading works surprisingly well for getting them to actually read their assignments. But more importantly, it has helped students get over the I don't like this book stage by seeing that there is still a ton to say about what they don't like. Sorry, let me run that again. By saying that there is still a ton to say about why they don't like it and that those criticisms are still valid in the classroom. I have genuinely seen students go from writing barely passable as F papers to solid Bs and As once they are encouraged to really tear into, for example, the class dynamics of horrible white people in The Great Gatsby. Anyway, I hope it helps that your pain is helping to foster critical thinking skills in the next generation. You are good boys... Brave boys and educational boys. Love you guys. Say my name so my students will know which episode to reference to get extra credit. From Mr. Nichols. P.S. Oh, this part is not for friend zone consumption. You talk, I'll do a quick read of this and see if any needs to go in. I feel like if they've said it's not for friend zone consumption, presumably oh, I see. it's not. It's getting us we s- can- um, a movie. We can pour over that yeah, an, yeah. another time. It's fine. Uh, but I love to. I love to hear people taking the uh, mess we make and applying it in practical ways. The fact that you've sifted through four seasons, five years of uh, slow mental unraveling and extracted value, not just for yourself, but in a way that can apply to the future generation of leaders, is 
beyond my very primitive comprehension. It's heartwarming. Uh, this there's message. A, there's a good lesson in there from Mr. Knuckles. This guy. message from a uh, friend of the podcast, Kara. It's says, intercultural tools where you 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 can look at something. You just got to make it applicable for you. You know, you got to find your your in with the particular what, audience. That's what reading books does. Well, that's Mr. Nichols' point. Not always. You've got to kind of frame it in an interesting way for the shit. You can't just keep going, give me an example of a metaphor. You go, well, what are you guys interested in? Of course. How racism works in modern society? Then tell me about that. Of course. Now you've got an A instead of an F. Well, I was just going to read this message from friend of the podcast, Kira. I can tell. says, please stop watching Sex and the City, <laughs> the movie, for your own safety. So thank you, Kira, for that. Um, lovely donation from Riley. Oh, here's the message. Great, great, great. I think this is the same person. Dear Timbley Wimbley and Guybo Jenkins, I've been listening to your show since uh, since its second season, and you good boys have gotten me through some tough times. I was equal parts excited and concerned when I learned that you were doing a fourth season. I'm a trans woman, and I'm currently in the process of transitioning and coming out to my family. Listening to you suffer through... Uh, equally self-inflicted misery has really helped me keep things in perspective. I might be going through hell, but at least I'm not watching Sex in the City twice a week. Here is 10 US dollars to pay the boys. Good luck. Godspeed. Please say my name. Riley Lucas from Little Rock, Arkansas. Fantastic. Well, uh, this was sent uh, the 11th of April. So Riley, I hope that everything has gone fantastic since then. Yeah, by way of uh, comparative uh, bravery and decision making, I don't. Th- <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't know that what we're doing is really remotely worthy now, at all. Now, now, let's not be too hasty <laughs> to poo-poo the parallels between Riley's journey and our own. That's true. I suppose there's some part of us that thinks that we need to do this. I guess, uh, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, why are we doing it? <laughs> it's a good question. Do you get? Are you afraid of that question? Why are we doing this? No, it's summer outside. Yeah, that's not nothing. Um, but Riley, I wish you the best of luck, and I ca- I want to say congratulations for making that huge decision to really go the next step forward with who you know you are, and that's right, and um, get into it. And I can't imagine that's an easy thing to do, particularly. With your family, I don't know your situation, but from the little bits and pieces I hear about Arkansas, probably not the easiest thing in the world to do. Little Rock, Arkansas has exclusively been in the news for good reasons, in my memory. Clinton country. <laughs> um, now, I can't tell if it's been emailed as well, but I remember this. Hmm. Some, it's someone talking about the website um, amicancelled.com. I remember this. Boys. I've just stumbled upon, without using the website stumbleupon.com, a resource that I thought may finally vindicate our friend Guy Montgomery, who was, in my opinion, tragically and unfairly cancelled but three <laughs> months ago. The website is called amicancelled.com. It utilizes a sophisticated six-point algorithm along with machine learning to determine whether or not a person, place, or thing is, in actual fact, cancelled. Do you know what this sounds like to me? You know in Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory how there's that guy who's got the computer system ripped up? And I'm talking the original, not the Johnny Depp one, with all the like reel-to-reel yeah. computers and machines to determine where the golden ticket's going to come out. That's what I'm seeing for the Are You Cancelled algorithm. With the utmost confidence in my good, possibly best, we'll wait for Guy's take on that, friend Guy Montgomery's longevity and renewment for at least 70 more seasons, I plonked his name into the search bar to determine once and for all whether he truly had been cancelled. 
It is with great sadness that I am forced to report that Tim's assertion, which at the time of him making it was based on little more than pure speculation, that Guy was forever cancelled has been upheld by the foremost authority on such matters. I even typed Louis C.K.'s name into the search bar afterwards to ensure the machine's accuracy. Here is pictorial evidence of both results. Am I cancelled? Sorry, Guy Montgomery is cancelled. Sorry, Louis C.K. is cancelled. This has all been very difficult for me to process, and I'm sure will upset all of your listeners similarly. However, every cloud is a silver lining, and as a final measure in order to determine whether your podcast could continue after this devastating blow, I, through my gushing tears, slowly typed the name Tim Bat into the search bar. I'm thrilled to announce that, Tim, you shall continue, as will the podcast. You are not cancelled. You just need to find another co-host. Luckily, Tim Bat is not cancelled. Thanks so much for the effort and dedication you specifically, Tim, put in each and every week. <laughs> it's a true joy to see your sanity and psyche stripped back further and further every week. I have full faith that you will come to the end of your run naturally, gracefully, and on your terms. To go Montgomery, I say this. You're a dirtbag, a filthy great <laughs> pile of pig muck. I don't want to see or hear from you ever again, and forgiveness is not an option. Enjoy the remainder of what is sure to be a lonely and desolate future for you. Well, actually, you'll have one companion. One, ironically, that you so detest because I'm sorry to tell you, but the knife is also cancelled. Oh, no! <laughs> yeah, the knife is cancelled. Sorry, Tim. Oh, fuck. What are you going to do? Thank you so much to Asher for that discovery and uh, very enjoyable journey into, <laughs> I guess, my own cancellation. How do you feel about that, guy? Bit of a blow. Yeah. I did not agree with you and Jen Fricker at the time. Uh, however, this appears it was to have been... Be- was it Becky or was it Jen? It was Jen. Ah, you, I remember you. You were around, every time that you find someone to bully me with. Yeah, the glee that flickers through your eyes—it's bad, eh? I actually think, and I didn't think this before, but I suspect I might be a villain. No, after all this time, I don't think it's villainy. I, I almost enjoy it for your enjoyment of it. Like you really get a kick out of it. That is the most selfless act you could hope for. I enjoy your enjoyment of bullying me. <laughs> Well, yeah. What a selfless uh, emotion. Real. F- Get someone in your life who will be as happy as Guy Montgomery is to put himself forward I as a sacrificial lamb un- to slaughter. sounds unhealthy. To aid my benefit, his friend. Parts of the podcast are unhealthy. You're a scapegoat. You know the origins of scapegoat? Back in the day when religions were all about getting rid of your sin through various methods like sacrificing food and animals to the gods periodically a village would get a goat and be like we're putting all of our sin onto this goat and then just send it off this uh it's pretty good that's interesting (laughs) carrie right dear tim guy Carry on my way with sun. Thanks, first of all, for everything you put yourselves through in the name of, um, entertainment? Research? I sure couldn't do it. Until recently, I harbored an ambition to remake one of these movies based only on info gleaned from the worst idea of all time. Sadly, I ruined it by watching Sex in the City, the movie, once. <laughs> yeah, you've spoiled yourself, Carrie. So now I can blame the absence of said remake not on my own work shyness, but also on the fact I've already seen it. Work shyness is definitely a word I'm adding to my lexicon to replace lazy. I'm not lazy, I'm work shy. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I watched the film in two parts. I did, this, I did it this way because my wife came home and I didn't want her to know I was watching Carrie and the Gals. So we have a scramble for the remote. 
and a wife opening the door to see her fellow sitting suspiciously alone in a suspiciously darkened room facing <laughs> a suspiciously blank TV screen. <laughs> I paused at a point in the movie, maybe you know it, when the girls are sitting around the pool. The cleaner is doing her thing in the bathroom. Charlotte is cycling through a series of facial contortions. That scene was left to fester for a couple of weeks before I got round to watching the rest of the movie, and in that time, I came to a theory. Carrie is an unreliable narrator, and Charlotte did not shit herself. Here's what we know about their time in Mexico. 1. Charlotte is uptight about the cleanliness of the country. 2. The girls find it ridiculous that she won't eat the local food or even have local ice in her drink. 3. Carrie is going through a hard time. Four, you can't shit yourself just because you swallowed a gobful of shower water 20 minutes prior. In an earlier scene, the girls are sitting around in a restaurant. Charlotte pulls out a pudding, and one of the girls says, Charlotte's got pudding in her Prada. Charlotte pulls a face, saying, Yeah, I know, I'm ridiculous. A stony-faced Carrie wonders aloud, Will I ever laugh again? Miranda says something like, You'll laugh when something's really, really funny. End scene. I believe that this is where Charlotte gets her idea. She feels terrible for Carrie because she believes in love and fairy tale endings. Later, we see Charlotte having a shower. Carrie, as a narrator, is describing what she thinks is going through Charlotte's mind in the shower. Her perfect family, life, husband, whatever. We see Charlotte absentmindedly take a hit of shower water and then catch herself doing it. Charlotte then speed waddles back to the pool where the girls are lounging. She tries the door. Locked. She panics. The girls are asking what's up. She pulls all those weird pantomime self-defecation faces and the girls all laugh. Including Carrie, who hoots her little heart out. But I don't believe Charlotte actually plow-kipskied. Is that how you spell it? P-O-U-G-H-K-E-E-P. Yeah. Weird. It's a place name. Yeah. In New York State, right? Yeah. Um, at, at that point, it seems to me that when she swallowed the water, she had a sudden brainwave and in that moment knew how to make Carrie laugh again. What we have is shit-free pants, a guffawing Carrie Bradshaw, and a thoughtful and sensitive friend who decides to take one for the team. It's especially thoughtful given that Carrie is a writer who may well include this story in a movie about her life. Apologies if you've made it this far. I'd like to love, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Keep fighting the good fight. From uh, I believe it's Carrie C A R Y. Is that how you'd say Carrie? Carrie. I'd probably say that as Carrie. Not that it's important. I love the theory because it vindicates Charlotte, a character who I have been not quite at war with, but certainly at odds with uh, throughout the season. I think um, it would also explain why elements of her shitting herself read as somewhat unconvincing. But the desire for the other characters and to, to believe that she has and the service that she is doing Carrie in that. I mean, we could be stumbling into a conspiracy theory here where Miranda and Samantha are also in on the secret. And uh, like this is a, an elaborate ploy orchestrated by the three of them to lift up Carrie's spirits because she's being such a fucking drag. Also, because of her deteriorating mental state, uh, it would make sense that the three of them would coordinate some sort of morale boost. Is uh, It holds a bit of water for me. Yeah, I like this a lot. It, it re- and then Charlotte's ownership of the fact she shits herself does really make her read as a very selfless and uh, pos- you know, a force for total good. Mm. Um, 
something to look out for later today, perhaps, Tim? I'm into it. I really love that. Thank you, Carrie, for sending it through. And I'm sorry that your wife might think less of you. Or yeah. potentially that she stumbled in on you watching porn, even when you didn't. Uh, message here from Dave. It says, fellas, fellas, hear me out. Grown-ups four. <laughs> Let me know if you're interested. And okay. then this Hold photo <laughs> of him doing a thumbs up in a t-shirt that says, I love Brisbane. <laughs> Well, uh, with a heavy heart, I must report Grown Ups 3 doesn't exist. But that's, what, what, where's the relevance in that? Maybe it's straight to Grown Ups 4. There would be a classic Sandler move. It's like going to the studio, everyone, what do we think? Grown Ups 3, we're going to take a pass. Very well, Grown Ups 4 it is. <laughs> Play on. I would love that. I like the idea of um, non-linear storytelling. mm but people usually restrict that to existing within a film. Yeah. Never have we seen a franchise so brazenly <laughs> flout this very basic convention. Yes. I'm with you. That's good. Grown Ups. Grown Ups 2. Grown Ups 4. Grown Ups 3. Grown Ups grown 7. Ups 8. Oh, wow. You went real high. Then 6, then 5, then and seven's the end. Yeah. There's a bit of fun to be had there. Um, so, Dave, it seems like the response to that message is a hearty yes. Queen. Yes, Queen. Yes, we stand a king. Uh, I got one more, and then should we put a pin in it for now? Yeah. Do you know what I'm jealous of? And I almost hate to say it because of how long we've been doing the friend zone without this, but you ever listen to Comedy Bang Bang and they play the theme song when they're doing the, the plug bag? Yeah. Man, whoever did that really extended song of closing up the plug bag the plug bag i love that little tune so much that's nice i'm sorry we don't have that closing up oh it's so good g'day tumbit and my guy i'm just smashing out grown-ups two again since i listened to pod i listened in the order of last two eps of season three first then season two then three then one now four Anyway, I'm now reminded that for some reason I've always held on to the theory that Braden Higgins is Brady the Rat King growing up. All, <laughs> all hail, Why do I love that so uh, much? All hail the Warlock <laughs> Rat King. Can't remember if I got this theory from my own head or from Friendzone or if you guys said it, but in case it did come from me, I thought I'd share it with you as I believe it to be true. All the best boys keep up the... Work? Don't, 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 don't. Bom, bom, bom. Well, it's the friend zone. Tim and Guy come to the friend zone and have a good time. Yes, it's the friend zone with Tim and Guy because making friends is the best idea of all time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.